Hello, everyone. Welcome back uh, to Capes and Japes. Uh, I hope all American listeners had a uh, safe Fourth of July. Um, that's that's about that that's that's about the 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 greatest wish I have for Fourth of July is that you all were safe. Please stay safe. <laughs> Please stay safe. Uh, I don't feel very positively about, you know, America, but I feel positively <laughs> about all of you, my friends, and I would like you to be safe and secure. And shout out to all the dogs who had a terrible night. Shout out to dogs. I hope all of your dogs stayed safe and have recovered. Uh, my poor dogs had a very rough time. Yeah. 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 It's fun because in my house, one dog doesn't give a shit. Other dog, full panic attack. I my I am the same way. And my uncle's dog was also at my house. And he also simply was unbothered. And then my one dog is just hiding in the bathroom, shaking her whole little body. Yep. Like, oh. Mm-hmm. My poor darling. Um... Anyways, anyways c- comics. Anyways, comic books. Uh, so it is now July. Pride Month is technically over, and we have entered Wrath Month. But we are not simply going to stop talking about gay comic book characters because it's no longer Pride Month. Because we really got a groove going. <laughs> we we really we really hit a whole vibe with this, and we talked about several. Malem mutants, but we did not talk about probably the most famous Malem mutant of them all, who is uh, Jean-Paul Bobier, uh, or North Star. <laughs> um, and we are going to tell you about him. Um, <laughs> there have been there have been a few jokes uh, these past few weeks from me about how I do not especially care for North Star. Um but he's grown on you. <laughs> he had he has grown on me. I will say that. He has grown on me. And he is also an extremely important character in the history of LGBT representation in comics. Uh and you know, in in general. So we are going to talk about him. So, Northstar is a member of a team called Alpha Flight, which is a team of Canadian superheroes. And Alpha Flight is, is like, a little bit weird because they're all, like, vaguely Canadian-themed, or at least most of them are, but they're not, like, Canadian-themed enough for it to be like a parody group <laughs> like i i feel like a lot of the times if you were like oh canadian superhero team it would be like a joke and it would be like oh this guy is like maple syrup man but instead it's like you have like north star and aurora and snowbird who i think there's like a couple kind of like first nations members and there's one guy who's a Sasquatch. Um, yeah. 
We gotta do an episode on that guy. We gotta talk, yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's fair, that's fair. I think he, uh, dates Aurora at some point, so. Good for her. Good for her, you know, chase your bliss. Um, so, definitely some stuff to unpack there. Um, but it's like, none of it, like, they're all Canadian- almost all Canadian sort of specific heroes in a way that the Avengers aren't all like, you know, very like outsized representations of aspects of American culture besides Captain America, but they're not like a joke (laughs) necessarily. I'm sure they were a joke to a lot of people reading comics, uh, but they're not like written as a joke. Yeah. Uh, So that's, that's kind of the first, strange thing um Jean-Paul is uh his backstory is that he uh he and his twin sister uh Aurora are both mutants uh they were their parents were killed in a car accident when they were young uh and the two of them were separated uh Jean-Paul was adopted um and Jeanne 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 Marie um was uh sent to like an orphanage and I think does he I I I don't know if they were like young enough that they don't really remember each other um or if it's just like they're sort of like, well, I don't know what happened to my sibling. Uh, bye. Oh, I uh, did. I did just look up uh, Aurora's name. It's 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 Jean Marie, like Jean Marie. Yeah, it's like Jean. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, my high school French is quite rusty. It's fun because this is actually pretty close to my sister's name. Oh, nice. Uh, okay. So. Sh- uh Jean-Paul is adopted. Uh his adoptive family also dies. <laughs> uh unfortunately. I mean, would it be a mutant backstory if it didn't? <laughs> I know, truly. Your parents either hate you or they're dead. <laughs> that's just that's, how it goes, that's right? That's how it is. Yep. You got to you got to you got to pick one or the other. Uh so Jean-Paul, despite this hardship, uh, goes on to become a professional skier uh, and is very, very successful, gets to, you know, Olympic level. And as a teen, when he's, you know, competing in all of these elite skiing, you know, events, championships, he develops his mutant abilities. Um I didn't I didn't see anything about it uh happening under any sort of like stress as mutant abilities usually um manifest. Uh so I'm choosing to imagine that he simply uh felt like going extremely fast and he just did. Uh but his mutant power is uh, as implied he has uh 
super speed, both running and flying. And, you know, all of the, like, associated, like, extremely, like, high endurance and reflexes and, like, agility and stamina and all of that that you kind of need if you're going to fly and run extremely fast. Uh, and Aurora has a similar ability, but they also discover later that when the two of them, like, make physical contact, they can create, like, an extremely bright flash of light, uh, which is cool. We do love twin powers. We do love twin powers. <laughs> That's, it, it, it is very fun. Um, but, so he, he discovers these mutant abilities, these super speed abilities, and, uh, <laughs> decides to quit skiing, not because he's, he doesn't use his powers, uh, while skiing, or at least later they talk about, he's like, oh, I didn't, like, use my powers while competing, but I guess, you know, they could have inadvertently given me an advantage, because, you know, I can't be, like, a hundred percent sure that I, my mutant ability didn't just make me faster than everyone else, even when I think it didn't, uh, but he... He's like, well, skiing obviously isn't really a challenge for me anymore that I have super speed. He doesn't quit for ethical reasons. He's just bored. I, yeah, I mean, fair. Yes. Um, and he channels this, uh, boredom into, for a little bit, uh, joining the, uh, the FLQ, uh, the, the Front de Libération du Québec, uh, which is a militant, like, separatist group that is trying to, uh, fight for Quebec's independence from the rest of Canada, uh, and does that for a little bit, and then is like, actually, okay, this is bad. <laughs> I don't want to do terrorism, as it turns out. I was just sort of, uh, a little misguided and had a lot of emotions that I was, uh, not channeling into a positive place. And he seeks out, uh, Alpha Flight, which is a superhero group that's sponsored by the, uh, Canadian government. Um, it's, like, called, like, a Department H is, like, the, uh, the government branch that's, like, in charge of, you know, superhuman threats and assets and that stuff. So he joins up with Alpha Flight, and when he joins up with Alpha Flight, he is reunited with his sister, uh, who had been going through her own journey, like, discovering her powers, and had, uh, been Wolverine at one point, encountered her using them, and was like, hey, you should go join Alpha Flight. You clearly have, uh, mutant powers and maybe kind of a hard time controlling them. <laughs> so I think that would be good. Uh, and the... Two of them are reunited uh, for 
the first time since they were very young as members of Alpha Flight. And they, their relationship has had a lot of ups and downs in the intervening time. Uh, so this team is introduced in, uh, 1979 in X-Men as being sent by the, uh, Canadian government to bring in Wolverine. Uh, (laughs) I like how it's like, hey, you should go join this group that was actually created to take me in. It's fine. We're fine now. We're chill. <laughs> we're chill now. I I don't think that's why they were created. Um, but it is the purpose that they are introduced with when they show up in X-Men for the first time. It's like, uh, they're like, hey, we gotta get Wolverine. And the X-Men are like, no? And they're like, no, we're from Canada and we're supposed to be getting him. It, we were told to get him. So we're gonna we're get him. Get this guy. They can't... Canada's sick of having him just running around with the X-Men. Uh, so this is a relatively brief appearance. Um, a few years later, in like the early 80s, uh, Marvel launches an Alpha Flight solo series. Um, it's I don't, I don't know, maybe the response to this Canadian superhero team appearing in, like, a couple of issues of X-Men was just, like, way more positive than they anticipated, uh, or maybe they're running out of ideas, or maybe they need to sell more comics in Canada, uh, but... A lot of Canadians wrote in and were like, hey, bring them back. (laughs) Please. Uh, regardless, they, uh, I believe they contact John Byrne to write the Alpha Flight, like, solo comic, the starring Alpha Flight comic, uh, and John Byrne apparently was like, okay, well, he's, he, he helped to, uh, he was the artist for their initial appearance. Um, and he was like, okay, well, these characters were not created to be, you know, extremely deep or complicated characters. They were just sort of created for this one-off to, you know, give a little bit of Wolverine backstory. Um, so I guess I should come up with some ways to, uh, give them some more depth, uh, and I guess maybe one of them could be gay, um, and, uh, like, apparently, like, went through the list and was like, well, this guy's, like, a widower that might, like, be sort of problematic, like, this guy's married, so I, I'm not gonna do that. Like, these guys, I don't know, this girl, I don't know. And I was like, oh, North Star would work. Um, so Alpha Flight, when it starts, is written with the intention of, like, North Star is gay and 
I think Aurora at least is aware of this. I don't know if they, like, John Byrne, like, intended for him to be out to the team or not. Um, but supposedly the current, uh, Marvel editor-in-chief, Jim Shooter, did not want, uh, gay characters in Marvel Comics. Uh, boo! Boo! Let's boo this man! Um, I, uh, I, I think, I think Shooter had, like, somewhat of a troubled career at Marvel, and I don't feel that bad for him, uh, because even if you're justifying it as, like, oh, well, it's, you know, a business decision, and, like, you know, people won't, uh, buy the comics if we put, uh, gay characters in them, it's like, you, you should have, you should have gay people in your comics. Uh, but because of this, uh, John Byrne was writing North Star as gay, but was not allowed to, like, have any, like, actual textual acknowledgement of this. So it's all just sort of, like, implied. It's like, oh, there's, you know, a scene of him, like, uh, he's, like, hanging out at his apartment and there's another man there uh or aurora like makes a comment about you know like having attractive men around uh or something and i mean frank i i can't really speak to what it was like reading comics in like the 80s if i was reading a comic from the 80s now and I saw stuff like that. My first instinct, uh, fairly or not, would probably be to, like, oh, they're making a joke about this. Like, you know, oh, this, you know, this character isn't, like, manly enough and they're doing, like, a little, like, hee-hee, like, subtext joke that it would be funny if he was gay. Uh, which was not the case. But also I feel like I... Don't know if I would necessarily blame readers of the time if they did not immediately assume, like, oh, he's gay. Like, he's just, you know, gay. That, like, everybody's aware of it, and that's how he's living his life. Um, there was also a, apparently, um, and what, uh, what I read was a blog post, blog post from Peter David talking about this so it wasn't from the people who were actually involved in writing it but apparently uh one of the writers wanted to uh include like a storyline or a reference to north star uh living with aids and had like included some you know like implications that he was like uh sick or that he was like dealing with some sort of illness but was not allowed to say that he actually had AIDS so then that was rewritten to be like oh actually uh he and Aurora are half as guardian and uh there's like North Star's getting sick because uh he's magic and his body is deteriorating because he's not an Asgard 
Uh, and then that was silly, so they, like, retconned that to be, like, Loki just tricked them into thinking that. Uh, so, a lot, um, a lot to unpack there. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. to be fair, on, on brand for Loki. Yeah, no, Loki is... Loki just deciding to straight up lie to some people and be like, oh yeah, you didn't know? Your mom's like an elf from Asgard. You guys are like super magic. Anyway, bye. (laughs) That's why Um, your ears are pointy, duh. Duh, that's why you have those pointy ears. Um, you ever think that was weird? Um, but that's, uh, that is what's happening through the 80s. So, not, obviously, not a lot of focus on North Star's sexuality because they weren't allowed to mention it out loud. So, most of the storylines he were dealing with uh, is, like, you know, his um, relationship with his sister. Um, Aurora has a dissociative identity disorder which at the time was still being referred to as a split personality. Um, So, like, coming to terms with that, uh, occasionally saying uh, insulting things to her and causing her to stop talking to him, and then he uh, quits Alpha Flight because uh, he's having a fight with his sister. Um, And then they have another fight, they try to reconcile... They have another fight because she finds out about the time uh, he spent with the FLQ. um, And, like, she tells the rest of Alpha Flight. uh, Which, I mean, it is... It's not good that he did that, but, like, clearly he realized it was bad and, like, stopped. So I, I think in that case it would be you know, worth extending him a little bit of understanding. Um, she, um, she also, their, like, powers sort of change for a little bit. Um, Aurora was, like, working on, like, developing her powers to the point where she could, like, generate a light blasts without, like, being in contact with her brother. Um, and then as a result of her doing that, for some reason, now when they touch, uh, their pow- neither of their powers work. Because comics, comics rules. <laughs> you know. It's it's a mutation. Nobody knows. Nobody knows how it works. We can just say it's anything. Um, there's also, like, a, a storyline about him. Uh, he, like, is still known as a, a famous skier, even though he kind of, like, quit the sport, but I think still does it, you know, just sort of for fun. Um, but then, uh, he is, like, on a ski trip, and he uses his mutant powers to save somebody's life, and everybody's like, oh my god, like, famous former skier Jean-Paul Bobier is a mutant who moves super fast, and he must have cheated to get all his skating medals. Wait. Um, which is- Nobody- had thought that the whole time he was on Alpha Flight. It's not like he wears a mask. They know he who he wear, is. He doesn't wear a mask, but I... 
Maybe Alpha Flight's activities just aren't super publicized. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know why nobody looked at him and was like, those eyebrows look really familiar. Um, <laughs> I can see his but... whole face. That's Jean-Paul Bobier. Like, come on. That's, that's, that's former skating champion Jean-Paul Bobier. And then um, people are like, no, that's North Star. <laughs> that's North Star. And like, it's I, like you. I don't know how to tell you this, but they're the same person. Look at them. <laughs> it's like no, you see the like the little star on his hip right there. That's North Star. That's his thing. No, see, it's like, got to be Nor- like it can't be because North Star has a twin sister, Aurora, but Jean Paul doesn't have a sister. <laughs> yeah, clearly. There we go. To do the butts um, match. <laughs> they do not. Uh, you know, Jean-Paul Bovier's butt is always covered by a, a, a big, big coat to stay warm. So, <laughs> obviously, can't be him. Um, but this is the point where, you know, people are like, oh, you must have cheated. And he's like, I wasn't consciously cheating, but I guess technically I could have, you know, been tapping into my abilities without knowing it uh but fine i will you know renounce all of my championships and i guess i'll just never ski again not even for funsies (laughs) not even for fun not even with my beloved husband who i will meet in like 20 years (laughs) uh in real world time less time in comics time. Um, but uh, all of this happens. The whole Loki Asgard thing happens. Uh, uh, him and Aurora get their powers magically sort of sorted. So now they can uh, generate light when they touch. And they can also both do it independently. Uh and in uh nineteen ninety two um we get uh so almost ten years after the uh the start of Alpha Flight, um when John Byrne decided to write North Star is gay, we get uh the story which you read, uh Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot written by um I think Scott Lobdell, uh who like is my enemy, but <sighs> I guess you know writing North Star coming out is uh commendable even if it <laughs> happened in the most wow, buck wild way possible. A really really buck wild way. So basically, hold on. I need some water for this. Do you I want me to I tell think. it? Yeah, do you want to narrate this story of how uh, North Star is revealed to be gay? So this is just from memory. Uh, but, so, Alpha Flight is fighting a uh, villain or whatever, and Jean-Paul hears a baby crying in an alley and is like, be right back. And goes and like, oh, there's a newborn baby in this trash can. She looks sick. I'm going to take her to the doctor. So he just ditches with this baby, which fair. And goes to the doctor and they're like, yeah, you know, 
she has a fever, she's really sick, da 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 and Jean-Paul is like, this is my daughter now, I <laughs> will do anything you need to, you know, help with this baby, and then it turns out that she has AIDS because of um, a transuterine uh, infection from her mother that they might have found, might not have found, I don't remember. It's not important. <laughs> the important thing is the media is like, this darling child dying of AIDS, this beautiful, sweet baby, whatever will we do? Beloved <laughs> child, beloved baby girl, dying of AIDS, how tragic. And retired Canadian superhero, I cannot remember his name, is watching the news and gets super pissed off because his son died of AIDS and is like, why, why did, why is this child like deemed innocent and worthy of national regard for dying of AIDS? Well, my son was like, well, you know, he probably did something to deserve it. And it's like, no, not really. So his great plan is break into the hospital and try to kill this baby. And <laughs> okay, buddy. Yeah. So he's so like Jean Paul starts fighting him because that's yeah. his, his that's his new baby girl that he is yes. very invested in, and like they're yelling. <laughs> And fighting. And Jean-Paul's like, you can't say, like, you don't lecture me about what gay men go through. I am gay. Fuck off. That doesn't give you the right to kill a baby? <laughs> and then, like, this dude is like, well, if you're gay, then why don't you tell everybody? Because it's not you know, it's not right that you're living in the closet and getting the privilege from that, I guess. And yeah, which is a, a whole thing to yeah, unpack. No. And Jean Paul is like, you can't tell me how to live my life. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> like, I'm sorry that your son died. That sucks. But attacking me and also a baby isn't gonna do anything for that? Uh, and then, of course, there's, like, the touch, like, he realizes that he, not Jean-Paul, the other dude that I can't remember the name of. Um, I want to, I keep wanting to call him Captain Canada, but I don't think it that's is, it. It is, uh, Major Maple Leaf. Okay. Close not enough. Not much better. So, <laughs> Major Maple Leaf, like, just stops fighting, breaks down, starts crying, and Jean-Paul's like, yeah... Yeah, we'll we'll get through this. And then, like, the last page is just, like, a front-page newspaper article where it's, like, Alpha Flight's North Star goes on press conference and says that he's gay. <laughs> and it's like, okay, okay, so the thing, like, yeah, Major Maple Leaf wasn't, correct like it's not Jean-Paul's obligation as a gay man to live his life publicly no it, 
it it simply isn't and like like the, the visibility he... is nice yes like yeah but that's his choice ultimately based on his comfort levels and how safe he feels doing that especially in the 90s especially in the 90s like the fact that they you know have him respond like you don't have the right to tell me how to live my life and then after be like well i guess i should have a press conference and come out it's like yeah okay i i mean um, the the baby did end up dying so i feel like that was also mhm a like okay so <laughs> You yeah. guys might have thought it was a little bit weird why I got so invested <laughs> in this child. Here's one of the many factors involved in that. Um, also, I kind of yelled I'm gay in the middle of a fight in the street, so it was coming out sooner or later. <laughs> yeah, as as depicted in Marvel Prime, it's like... Everyone remembers this iconic moment. It's just one panel of Northstar going, I am gay! Except he didn't even say that. He was like, how, like, it was like a, like a, you can't tell a homosexual man how to live his life and relate to the AIDS crisis, sir. Yeah, no, except actually, uh, it, it was turns a out, lot, according. It was a lot wordier. And then Marvel <laughs> Voices Pride was like, I am gay. Yeah, according to Somnus, he just flew directly at the camera and shouted, I am gay. I mean, don't we um, all? Yeah, honestly. T t we can relate. Uh, so, once this was canon, uh, there were some varying depictions of how it was responded to. The issue itself uh, sold really, really well because it was a huge deal. Uh, as, like, one of the first ever gay superheroes. Um, yeah, I don't know why, like, execs still are like, well, if we put gay stuff in it, it won't sell. And it's like, hey. Yeah. This can you, like, look at any of the, like, first gay wedding in Marvel and, like, everything sold out super fast because people... Yeah. We love that shit. Yeah, comic <laughs> shops, like, could not keep it on the shelves when this first if, happened. If it's gay, we will buy it, and we will tell our friends. <laughs> like, you can't, you can't be like, oh, nobody will buy it because gay. Mm -mm, that's a selling point. You have no idea the lengths that gay people will go to to consume media that has other gay people in it. <laughs> I think they do. They just use it to excuse themselves. And it's like, no, you're just a coward. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 100%. Uh, the same way as like Disney being like, oh, but we have to sell it in China. China won't let us. <laughs> f up, guys. Um, anyways, so there was a varying level of responses to uh, this happening. I mean, both in terms of, you know, uh, the comic reading public many of whom were excited some of whom were very mad but in uh the following issues of alpha flight they didn't really talk about it very much um except uh for supposedly one storyline where uh one of aurora's personalities was homophobic which oh. is <laughs> I think maybe that 
That is troubling on literally so many different levels. <laughs> That's just so much to unpack. It's, like, really, like, how can we be as offensive as possible in as many ways as we can think of? Um, in as short a time as possible. Yeah. He um, also got a... Uh, Alpha Flight ended a couple years after this happened, and Northstar had a solo series uh, where they also didn't talk much about him being gay, apparently, but they were talking about him being a mutant in a way that was very clear that it was supposed to also be about him being gay. Um, he, uh, at, at some point, he, uh, he joined the X-Men and he, like, had a, uh, a crush on Bobby, uh, well Rip. before Bobby came out, which is very He funny. just had vibes. He, I mean, listen, Jean-Paul was right. So, in, uh, the, in the Iceman, uh, solo series, there is, like, a conversation that Jean-Paul has with Bobby, and he's like, I always kind of got vibes. Like, Kyle and I would talk about it. And he, it actually kind of made him insecure. His worst fear was, like, me falling in love with another X-Man. Because <laughs> Kyle's just a normal dude. And I just love, I just love the idea of, like, Jean-Paul and Kyle, like, hanging out post-marriage. Like, <laughs> did, yeah. Kyle, have you been getting vibes from Bobby? <laughs> Because I've been getting vibes from Bobby, and I don't know what to do about it. Do I ask? And Kyle's like, absolutely not. <laughs> you under no circumstances. This isn't even my jealousy talking. You should absolutely not ask this guy if he's gay. Um, he also uh, took on, like, uh, something of a mentor role with... Um, Enole, Enole, um, it's, it's, it's Enole, right? I don't know, I think in my uh, head I've been pronouncing it Annalie, which is probably Annalie? incredibly wrong. That, but it sounds cute, um, who was a, like, uh, a gay teen mutant who was, like, uh, a member of one of the, the sort of, you know, younger X-Men teams, I think he first showed up in one of the versions of New Mutants. Um, apparently, initially, the storyline was going to be that he, like, came out and was, like, rejected by his family and then killed himself. And Marvel was like, no! No, no, no. Uh, which is good judgment. Um, I'm sorry, Google is telling me it's a nowl. A nowl? I okay. don't- hold on, hold on. Um. Oh, a knoll. A knoll. Okay, all right, I was right. I was right the first time, Anol. Um, he, um, so Northstar is, is joined up with the X-Men. He has this sort of crush on Bobby. Uh, he gets vibes. He's, uh, you know, kind of a role model to Anol. He, at one point, he is, uh, killed by a brainwashed Wolverine who's being controlled by Hydra. Hydra is, like, working together with the hand, and they're, like, 
killing superheroes and then resurrecting them as like servants of Hydra. Um, so he gets killed by brainwashed Wolverine, um, and then brought back to life by Hydra, and then is also uh temporarily uh brainwashed. Um, but, uh, is recovered by S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and then he and Aurora get brainwashed again while they're in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. Or I think Northstar's in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, gets kidnapped and brainwashed again, and then, uh, goes to find Aurora, and she also gets brainwashed. Um, but then they are finally, uh, finally released from this. Um... This this was a bit uh, also controversial because even if uh, the plan was to immediately bring him back to life, um, having one of your most popular characters uh, kill one of your only gay characters on screen um, is like not great. A little not not a great look, especially because. Right around the same time, they Marvel was also doing like a couple, like maybe like Age of Apocalypse and like another sort of, you know, like alternate universe event. But both of them included a bunch of X Men dying, and both of them included one of those X Men being North Star. Um, so again, when you don't really have any gay characters, uh. Having one of them die a lot is, uh, not great optics. Mm -mm. Um. Nope. No. Uh, in the, um, that's in, like, 2005, I think. In 2009, um, is when we meet Kyle, um, who is, uh, it's, shown that like uh Jean-Paul has like gone back to uh you know skiing and like snow sports um and he has like his own uh like sporting like equipment brand company and uh Aurora hires a friend of hers um named uh Kyle uh Jinadu to be like the sort of brand manager uh introduces him to uh Jean-Paul and the two of them uh fall in love and start dating um and this is uh the man who in 2012 North Star marries in the very, very highly publicized, like, first comic book, uh, gay wedding. Uh, poor Kyle, he is, uh, he's a, he's a very, he's a very sweet man dealing with a lot of challenges, uh, from, you know, not being a superhero and dating a superhero and all of the challenges that many superhero love interests know come with that of, you know, constantly being like kidnapped or menaced or mind controlled or what have you uh but he has he has stuck through it <laughs> he has persevered um and 
they are uh they are still together they are still married uh which is good impressive which is good <laughs> i think it's it's good for comics to keep a marriage together that's for, really it's what has it been so important nine years now oh my god yeah nine years it's crazy um good for them honestly i think i think they know that like when it was like such a highly publicized wedding they're like if we if they get divorced people would probably be mad at us um you think somebody at marvel was like okay i know you will be tempted because i know this industry you cannot kill either of these men off you could not have them break up after this wedding. They need to have a happy, healthy marriage. <laughs> they need to have a happy, a healthy marriage. At least until we get, like, several times more gay characters. Like, yes, gays can be messy. However, <laughs> we, we, do want, we do want a nice marriage. <laughs> We want just a just a solid gay marriage. They can argue. That's fine. They They've do. Got some stuff to work out. Jean Paul is not the best at listening. God. Um. Yeah. Jean Paul is uh a little bit notoriously difficult. Um, which I have alluded to before. He has uh, a tendency to be uh. A little self-absorbed, a little bit, like, pretentious, uh, and I, I, I joke about, I joke about not really liking him, um, because I do always, like, roll my eyes a little bit, but genuinely, I do think it's good, I think a lot of, like, kind of representation of any sort of minority group tends to, like, fall into the trap of, like, Okay, they have to be, like, perfect and, like, you know, completely, like, un unreproachable or we will be, you know, doing a, a bad job. Um, and it's like, and no, so, they're, they are people. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, like, I like to see, uh, you know, gay characters who, uh have flaws, and North Star has plenty of them. Um, and so so do Richter and Shatterstar. Richter and Shatterstar probably have more, both as people and as a couple. Um, <laughs> they are, they're flaws that are, like, a little bit more personally endearing to me, which is why, like, I'm so much more fond of them. But I do, I can't, I... This sounds mean, but I like that Marvel's, like, you know, first gay superhero is sort of a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, the same way I'm like, female characters should be mean more often, and they should be complete dipshits more often. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, that's, um, that's North Star. It, it, it's been, it's been quite the journey to get to get to this point a lot of uh questionable uh methods of representation but we're getting there now he's well i i don't know if he's marvel like i think billy and teddy are like definitely more popular but i i think north star would be like the most recognizable again he's not like a big name like in terms of 
the grand scale of of Marvel, but I think he's been more publicized, probably. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, reading X Factor made me more fond of him. So, womp womp, <laughs> womp jokes on me. More mutants to care about, I guess. Um, did you have uh, anything else you wanted to discuss? Any? I you did read some comics, I believe, since last time we spoke. I did finish Empire. Ah, um, uh, yes. And I read the Wiccan Hulkling King in Black issue because I finished Empire and I was like, "Aw, I'm not going to see them for a little bit." And then I was like, "Wait, I have their honeymoon." <laughs> um, other than that, I don't think I read anything. Let me just go back through out of context comics for a second. Nope, nope, that's King in Black is the last thing. But, I also uh, went to check out of context comics and uh, <laughs> just truly will never be over that one panel of holy shit, it's a bunch of venoms. I mean that that is me looking at anything from King and Black, to be honest. Yeah, that's just the plot. Holy shit, it's a bunch of venoms. Yeah. Also, are you crazy? First of all, I married a wizard. <laughs> it's just <sighs> a very. Very big mood, honestly. I <laughs> if, I love I love I treasure and support them. If you marry a wizard, like come on, you've got a vibe. <laughs> the vibe is having great taste. It, it truly, really, and truly. And you also probably have a big sword. That's just how yeah. it goes, right? That's just the rules of wizard marriage. It's either two wizards or a wizard and a large person with a very big sword. That's just how it goes. Uh, so true. You, you read some comics. I did read some comics. Um, I actually read uh, some comics and also an, a relevant non-comic thing. Um, Ooh. Yes, yeah, so I read the um, the first volume of the new Excalibur. So I could see Richter. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta see him. And I did. And I was really excited to see him. Uh, It was very cool. There's a lot of like weird magic stuff going on uh, that I definitely don't fully understand. But the aesthetics are super duper great. Um, It's drawn by Marcus Toe, who I love and who just makes... Everyone he draws look just stunningly beautiful all the time, constantly. Um, also, uh, known Tim Con shipper Marcus Toe, so we oh, do bless. we have no choice but to stand. <laughs> um, but it was it was neat. There's um, some very cute uh, Julio Remy banter. Um, I got to see uh, <laughs> Apocalypse tells Richter to simply stop having depression. <laughs> Thanks, Apocalypse. Um, That's how it works. As always. Uh, And it was cool. And I I do think I want to read some more of it because uh, I like all the uh, the fun magic stuff that's going on. And I love to see Richter. Um, I also read over the weekend, I picked up from the library um, the prose novella. 
the refrigerator monologues by oh. Catherine Valente, uh, which is a could possibly guess from the name, um, a series of vignettes narrated by uh women who are very directly based on uh female comics characters who have been fridged. <laughs> um so there's one based on Gwen Stacy, there's a uh Harley, uh Jean Grey, Mira, um Karen Page and uh Alexandra DeWitt, uh Kyle Rayner's girlfriend, who was uh the origin of the term fridging. Um and it was really good. It has uh some illustrations in it by Annie Wu, who uh did art for Hawkeye and also for the I think the New 52 Black Canary? Or maybe it was Rebirth. I think it was a New 52 series. Um, but uh, some cool illustrations. It is, uh, obviously, there's a lot of, like, very upsetting subject matter. Uh, because the things that have happened to these characters are upsetting. Um, but it's it's not completely, you know, just like grim dark like torture sadness it is like it's nice uh it's cathartic even if it's also very sad uh but it was uh it was it was a good book i was i can't remember where i think i heard about it for the first time while i was researching for an episode maybe it was for mira uh and i was like why have I not heard of and read this book already? <laughs> um, but it was very good. Uh, a pretty short read. Um, and yeah, uh, if you are invested in uh, the plight of female characters in comics, as I very deeply am, uh, you would probably be interested in it. Um, yes, that is why. I also, I still have to... Uh, crack into the the DC Marvel Pride specials because I was going to read those this weekend and then this book was uh, ready at the library sooner than I thought it would be. So I was like, oh shoot, I should read this first because I will have to take it back. <laughs> but um, yes, so that's uh, that's that's some stuff. Um, if you want to keep up with us, and uh, our various stuff. Uh, we are on the internet, aren't we all? Uh, we have Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Facebook, and Instagram. You can find all those at Capes and Japes. Uh, Twitter is where we will be the most active. So if you want to see other like retweets and stuff from us, follow us on Twitter. If you only want to see episodes, follow us in the other places. Um, we uh, have an email address. It's capesandjapes at gmail.com if you want to ask us anything there. Uh, we have a Discord server where you can see all of the fun comic panels that we post while we read comics, as well as uh, talk about many other things. Um, we have a Patreon if you want to support us on there. 
it is very cool and we appreciate it. You can get bonus episodes, uh, watch stuff, pick what topics we talk about. Um, and if you can't do that, another way to support the show is leaving a rating and review where you listen to it, uh, telling a friend if you think they might want to hear it, and also just coming back and joining us. Uh, as you have joined us once again, which we do appreciate, uh, on this, this fine wrath month, um, <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And, as always, go get em, you sexy elf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go get em. Indeed, uh.